It is time once again to check in with Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Lots happening when we talk about wildfires and what's going to be happening today and air quality. And you and I touched on this yesterday on whether or not there has been theft going on when it comes to firefighting equipment that is being placed in some areas in the North Shoe Swap. But what what is your take kind of on, on what is happening there? It is a complicated and kind of interesting backstory to what sounded like you know, kind of dastardly theft in the press conference with the premier and his ministers yesterday. You had three cabinet ministers and BC wildfire people all coming out saying things like, hey, stop stealing equipment, stop moving equipment, stop running supplies to people who are staying behind, uh, quit endangering people's lives by staying behind, like this, this full court press. And you're kind of sitting here on the outside thinking, wow, what is going on up there? You got a bunch of like teams running around moving equipment for fun or thieves taking advantage, putting this stuff up on Craigslist or eBay or whatever. Uh, No, it is actually a a very large simmering dispute going on in the North Shoe Swap area. And there are people who have stuck around to try and save their homes in the kind of Scotch Creek, uh, Lee Creek, uh, Salista area which is known as the Bush Creek Fire. And it dates back to, we just heard on the news update there about this controlled burn that BC Wildfire Service did on Thursday. The winds are picking up. They're trying to prevent what was called the Lower East Adams Fire from spreading. So they they burn uh, a line. And winds pick up to 40 kilometers an hour. BC Wildfire Service says they were successful and they saved homes with this burn. But the locals feel like they botched it and it merged the two fires, the the Bush Creek fire um, and then this kind of uh, lower East Adams fire and it rushed into areas and burned down homes. So you got this distrust and this kind of anger and then people wanting to stay and fight it and then leading to this sort of um, odd, I thought, uh, kind of a bit strong uh, statement from the province that all of this was somehow theft and uh, and uh, mischief when it looks like there's there's a lot more to the story. It certainly does. And it reminded me as well of wildfires that we've had in the past. And I think it was the Monte Creek fire either last year or the year before. And a similar scenario where residents didn't feel like the firefighting efforts and not to say anything about the the firefighting efforts of what fire crews are dealing with with these fires right now. But in that case, residents didn't feel like they were attacking it the way they should. Uh, They said that because they lived there and they'd lived there all of their lives, they knew better and they stayed behind to save their homes. But that same kind of scenario, on the one hand, uh, emergency officials are telling people you need to leave. And I think you're always going to have some number of residents who say, absolutely not, we're staying and we're going to do this. And like you said, um, questions about if if their area, obviously you think your home is, is the most important area and you want that saved, but uh, people thinking that maybe they're not the priority. It, it, you're absolutely right. It, it happens every firefighting year. Uh, and I think, you know, the circumstances vary kind of widely. There are points on on both sides, but there is also, a, a you know, an order, uh, an ev- evacuation order that people are supposed to follow. In this case, what made it really interesting is the premier praised part of the efforts because what happened is um, BC Wildfire Service l- set up a bunch of sprinklers with diesel generators uh, and pumps uh, just kind of on the verge Friday night 
when everything is going uh, awful everywhere and they leave because the evacuation order is under effect. And some of these people have boats. Uh, they're on the shoe swap. They can get up into the north area and then and then escape uh, quickly on the on the lake. So they go up and there's a businessman who puts ten thousand dollars of his own diesel into the generators to keep them running for hours to save who knows how many homes. And the premier praised that in his briefing yesterday, saying this is the real community spirit we need. At the same time as, you know, not mentioning these people by name, but at the same time, just slagging the rest of them uh, in the briefing. And, you know, the people that are there, there's a great story in Kamloops this week, uh, interviewing some of them saying like, they are spending three solid days without sleep. They're running around. Some of them are firefighters themselves. They are running out of supplies, food, water, laundry. They have friends and the other parts of the the lake who are trying to run them supplies and the RCMP are stopping them saying there's checkpoints and evacuation orders you can't do this and you have this sort of um, you know kind of treatment uh, of them as these uh, sort of rogue uh, you know uh, folks who need to be prevented uh, from the area when you know there is an evacuation order but they are out there fighting fires where they don't see wildfire service doing it and that tension comes up again and again every year the the wildfire service describes it as putting their people at risk because eventually it might have to help evacuate those who stay behind those who stay behind say it's saving their homes and you know that it's a it's much more complex than the way the government uh, and the ministers and the wildfire service described it yesterday. Continuing now with The View from Victoria with Rob Shaw, political correspondent with Czech News. Uh, Rob, we were talking about people who have stayed behind and uh, you mentioned that convoy of of people in boats trying to get supplies to others and we're going to check in with one of the reporters on the ground there a bit later on as well. But I'm curious now uh, your thoughts or or what we know about the state of emergency and the travel ban slash order and confusion about that. Yeah, you know, we talked about this yesterday, how it's kind of a little bit like COVID when they put in different bands and people come up with different permutations of how this might work. Well, you know, what if it's my basement suite and I'm renting it on Airbnb? Uh, those kind of wrinkles are coming in. But there there was and has been since Saturday this order to restrict travel to communities and restrict the use of hotels and motel rooms. And so it stands right now as the government is urging you not to go into the Okanagan or into the shoe swap area for tourism, family trips are fun. If you've got a high uh, vacation planned or visiting family, don't do it. They want to keep highways clear for emergency traffic and aid and responders. If you go by law, uh, you cannot stay in the motels or hotels in Kelowna, West Kelowna, Kamloops, Oliver, Osoyoos, Penticton, and Vernon. And the goal is to keep those spaces free for evacuees and firefighters. Now, there is that technical loophole here, which is Airbnbs, which are not covered under the law. The premier admitted this yesterday, but he said, listen, he hopes people still follow this rule. Airbnb owners, he hopes they offer refunds. He hopes they'll pull their listings. We will see if that happens. You know, every disaster, we hear horror stories about people refusing to get refunds from Airbnb. So that around the world. So that's that's an issue. Uh, you know, to, to further kind of clarify or muddy this, depending on how you look at it, uh, originally the government didn't want people to go to the southeast either, but that is situation is getting better. And now the province is saying you can go kind of Revelstoke East now. So that's, you know, uh, Nelson and Creston and Cranbrook and that kind of thing. Uh, the proviso being you need to check 
fire conditions before you go because a little bit of lightning and a little bit of wind and boom, things change quickly. And so that's the current situation. It's a bit confusing, um, but it is sort of an evolving reality of the orders that came in on Saturday. And with the list as well, and I I had people emailing me saying, well, but uh, I'm going to this area and it's not on the list, even though it's in the Okanagan or it's close by. Uh, And it's not as though they're going to be checking people or or are they going to be checking people or it's more of a, look, this order is in place, do the right thing and don't go to these places. It depends on where you go. If you end up near the front lines, you're probably going to find an RCMP uh, officer somewhere at a blockade saying you can't come in here. If you're going to a motel or hotel, they have the entire association behind that. So they're going to check when you're you're making your reservation or coming in whether you need to be there and uh, and potentially tell you to leave. So uh, but no, like it's not like. You know, and we saw this in COVID too, where people say, well, am I going to get caught? Like, are you, is there going to be somebody there who stops me or can I do it anyways? That's kind of, once you get to that point, you realize government doesn't have the resources to track every single person in every possible permutation of this. They're asking people to to adhere to the spirit of this in the in the principle of keeping things clear for emergency responders. Yes, you can probably find a loophole to get there with your family and squeeze into somewhere really close and find a hotel room. But you are keeping that hotel room, uh, you know, away from someone who could better use it to fight the fire. So, you know, live with yourself if you <laughs> if you're going to plan on finding a way through uh, that order. And it's also, uh, like you mentioned, even if you're going to one of the areas where the province has said, well, things are looking a little better, so this is OK, but but be mindful, a lightning strike at any moment, there could be fire activity and you could have to evacuate. I mean, do you really want to be going? If you can get a refund and uh, and follow these rules, leave those rooms open for firefighters and evacuees, do you really want to be going on a big vacation to a place where there's active wildfire fighting and the air is filled with smoke and this is happening? It doesn't really seem like the perfect vacation, does it? No, but it is also a double-edged sword because you do have tourism businesses in in the southeast now who are saying, you know, hey, um, we might not survive uh, and we need your help too. So it's kind of, it, I mean, we're in peak holiday seasons. People want the last hurrah before school. Uh, businesses are there. But it is, it is really, you know... Um, it is really a bit of a guessing game here day to day on how the fires are going to go and how they're going to expand. And so it it adds that uncertainty to your, your holiday plans. Do you think it's adding to the confusion? And I get that he's the premier, but is it adding to the confusion that on the one hand, people are being told don't go to the Okanagan. And then we hear that the premier is going to be going to that exact space. I don't know. This is always a, a debate. Every time there's a disaster of some point, when do the politicians arrive? When is it appropriate? When are they taking, um, you know, uh, key officials away from fighting the disaster or, or helping people to do photo ops? And we saw the NDP in opposition. They used to complain about this a lot. The premier shouldn't go to uh, these type of things because it wastes everybody's time. I think they were wrong in opposition about a lot of things, actually. And, and it's probably the right call at some point to have whether you're the president or the prime minister or the premier or the head of whatever state or government you are to go to a disaster zone and talk to people and hear some stories to the extent you can of where the system's failing, like in North Shuswap, try to get a sense of what's happening and push your officials. And we know the premier is going to go into the Shuswap area and into Kelowna if he can get into them today. 
Uh, we know he's going to try to talk to some of those frontline people and the emergency responders and thank them. There's a bit of, much like the state of emergency we talked about yesterday, a bit of a sense that it shows the province is doing everything it can, that, that the leaders come and, and tour around. But that's that other flip side of not wanting to show people a visual of, of them doing something touristy uh, and also tying up resources. I, I think it's the right idea and probably the right timing. Uh, we'll see how it goes today, though, because, um, you know, as we were talking about, things change very quickly. Very, very true. Well, we'll, we'll leave it there. And uh, Rob, I look forward to uh, being on the other side of this and talking more about this on the show tomorrow. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. 